This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. I guess, uh, welcome to Pat and Stu, uh, by the way. But it was inevitable that the love affair between uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump had to end at some point. I mean, you know, they've been avoiding uh, attacking each other. Uh, Cruz really has mostly avoided attacking anybody. He said a few things about Rubio uh, and some others. But uh, Trump promised that if he continues to rise in the poll, he would have to go to war with Ted Cruz, and apparently that's what this, uh, this whole comment was about yesterday. On Chris Wallace, uh, they were talking about Cruz, and uh, here's what Trump had to say about him. This week, Ted Cruz apparently told some supporters that he questions your judgment to be president. What do you think of Ted Cruz? Well, he was, do you notice he said it behind my back? Somebody taped that conversation. He said it behind my back. And, and that's okay. Look, I don't be... think he's qualified to be president. Why not? Because I don't think he has the right temperament. That is I don't unreal. think he's got the right judgment. Really? What's wrong with this temperament? Well, you look at the way he's dealt with the Senate, where he goes in there like a, you know, frankly, like a little bit of a maniac. You're, not, you're never going to get things done that way. Look. I built a phenomenal business. I'm worth phenomenal. many, many billions of dollars. Billions I have some of the greatest dollars. assets anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. You can't walk into the Senate and scream and call people liars and what? not be able to <clears throat> cajole and get along with people. He'll never get anything done, and that's the problem with Ted. Wow. Here's a guy running for president who calls people liars on a regular basis, losers every day, pigs slobs, uh, everything under the sun. And uh, Ted Cruz stepped up to the uh, Senate podium a few months ago, and he called Mitch McConnell a liar because Mitch McConnell is a liar, lied to his face. He didn't scream about it. He just frankly told the truth. Now, if you don't like that, if you don't like the fact that Ted Cruz hasn't bowed down to the GOP establishment, is, is that what Donald Trump is worried about now? He's supposed to pay homage to the GOP establishment? Or he's he's not qualified to be president? It's just it's ludicrous. It's I, ludicrous. Well, I want to take bets on now whether if he starts really falling behind Cruz, whether he starts saying, I don't know if he could be president. He's Canadian. 
He's, he he was born in Canada. Yeah, he will. And uh, I don't think he could be, because he did have that, at the very beginning, he actually did go down that road. And then, cause, because Cruz wasn't killing him on stuff, he was like, oh, I'm sure he's qualified. But I think if he starts losing to Cruz by enough, he'll go back into the birther realm. No, I think you're right. On Cruz. I think you're right. And it, it'll happen soon, because this guy is completely unhinged. Uh, but he, he said that he's frankly like a little bit of a maniac. Uh <laughs> Uh, so Ted Cruz fired back at Donald Trump um, with a blast from the past music video. Uh, all he did really was was send this out uh, that says, "In honor of my friend Donald Trump and good-hearted maniacs everywhere." And then the the video of uh, what's her face doing the flash dance maniac dance. It's a funny, um, uh, you know, he's he's handling this stuff well. I mean, he comes he off is. really well he with is. this stuff. He does, this doesn't seem to bother him. I, you know, he seems to, he doesn't seem to get into this sort of battle with, no. with anybody, really. Not really. Uh, at least at least not people he's <clears throat> running against for president. I don't know what he, Cruz has some weird line with that, which I'm fine with. I mean, he, but he's critical of other Republicans all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's critical of Democrats all the time. Uh, but he is not, he's critical of the media, he's critical of the people who, who are hosting the debates, but he's never critical of anybody he's running against for the, for the office of president. Look, I don't, I don't, care, I don't care what he does, you know, I mean, I, he, uh, right now it's working. Um, you know, he's not doing anything unethical. He, I don't know that I, mm-hmm. you know, I think my, I would not be able to, as you may have noticed on this particular program, I, I don't think I would have been able to uh, hold back. Because Trump does so many things that are oh. so so yeah. against the values of conservatism that I know Ted Cruz and others uh, hold dear to their hearts. Does, that's not <clears throat> a consideration. The other thing Trump. he likes to say all the time, uh, Donald Trump, is that Cruz agrees with everything I say. He agrees with everything I say. Not even close no, to he, No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He just doesn't bash you for everything you believe. In fact, on this Muslim policy, he, he, he wouldn't bash him. He just said he's got a different policy. I don't agree with it. I, I would do this. And it's like that on many of his policies. Um, you know, he, he claims that they're together on immigration because Ted Cruz is also not, a, not an amnesty guy, but he's never been an amnesty guy. He's not following Donald Trump down that path. It's pathetic. Trump likes to take credit for virtually everything just because he's in the race. Um, and we should ask Ted Cruz if he agrees with Donald Trump on... Uh, Eminent domain, for instance, uh, because I'm guessing the answer is no. Uh, we know for a fact that. it is. Oh, no. Same thing with, uh, I mean, in the same thing where he's saying he agrees with me on everything I say, but he's wrong on this uh, uh, ethanol thing. Which, <laughs> There's you know, another th- thing. Again, think of what, this is why I want, uh, you know, I like Ted Cruz a lot. And I, you know, would love for him to be president of the United States. Because here's a guy who goes into Iowa and says to their faces, uh, you shouldn't be getting free money for your ethanol. Sorry. I know mm-hmm. it's not popular. You're not going to like that. You're not going to like that, but what am I going to do? You, you don't deserve it. Uh, that's, not <laughs> the way we, that's not the way small government works. They don't hand out money to winners that they've picked. Mm-hmm. That's not the way small government works. He laid that out clearly to the Iowa voters. Uh, Trump is now trying to get on the bandwagon of liberalism, as, of progressivism, as he's done over and over again, and say the government should fund this. Mm-hmm. The government should give money to people who produce uh, ethanol. At the same time, by the way, they're discussing us, for the first time, lifting the ban on exports of oil. Remember the case for for um, uh, subsidizing ethanol uh, was partially made because well we need to be more energy independent and now we're at the same time 
um, trying to free up oil markets so that we can send oil around the world because there's we, we're producing so freaking much of it. Right. Um, point being that you know a lot of the arguments for the ethanol subsidy have gone away. Uh, there's no longer believed to be an environmental benefit of it. Uh, blah 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 blah. Even if you're a left winger, I mean Al Gore is I mean, even Al Gore is off the bandwagon, right. Of ethanol. So you know it, at this point is just pandering. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a bunch of pandering to voters. It's part of politics. I understand that it happens, but I really like having a candidate uh, that doesn't do that. And the, Me too. I, you know, and the other thing he stood up, he's like, oh, I can't believe you when I called Mitch McConnell a liar. Uh, going after Ted Cruz, really? Is that is that what is that what uh, Trump voters want? They, they want somebody who won't say the truth, who won't say that if someone's a liar, won't call him a liar, right? Um, because that's yeah. This is supposedly the guy who stands up and takes a strong stand on everything and never backs down. Yeah, and Mark uh, Levin even called him out on it. Wait, oh, hmm. so Donald, it's not okay to call out the Republican establishment now? That's a bad thing. Um, and I'm glad he did. You know, we need people like Mark Levin standing up against uh, Trump and and saying, "Hey, look, this is." We need everybody standing up against this buffoon mm-hmm. uh, because he is the worst Republican candidate of all time. Is there any doubt in your mind that that's the case? He's by far the worst Republican candidate of all time. Uh, I don't even I don't I don't know how this happened. I you know I guess I do. It's because he. He's on the, you know, he was on Apprentice. People liked him there. Uh, he said the thing about the wall. He's going to build the wall, make the Mexicans pay for it. Okay, you know, great. I mean, uh, nobody's more anti-illegal immigration or pro-legal uh, immigration than I am. Um, and I, I guess that appeals. However, it has to make sense. However, you have to be able to back it up. You have to have a plan. His plan is we have a country. What is that? What does that even mean? That it's just going to fall in place because we have a country? You know, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and some people are starting to realize it, especially in Iowa, which is why Cruz has built a ten-point lead over Donald Trump in Iowa, according to a Bloomberg uh, Bloomberg Politics Des Moines Register Iowa poll. The uh, Texas senator is favored by thirty-one percent of those likely to attend the caucuses, as opposed to twenty-one percent for Trump. Uh, that's slightly up for Trump, but it's way up for Ted Cruz. He's up 21 points. Uh, his 21-point jump since October, largest surge between Iowa polls recorded in at least the last five presidential caucus campaigns. And uh, more than that, and this is something that uh, you've talked about quite a bit, Stu, when first and second choices are combined, he has 51% of the likely voters. Fifty-one percent. That compares to trying to see where where Trump was. Doesn't say. I think he was second in that as well. He was fourteen percent second choice. So he was at about thirty-five or something. Yep. And um, whoever was third also had fourteen percent. I think Carson was Carson. I think Carson was third. Yeah. um, As we're talking, there's another poll out. This is great because um, um, Trump. Uh, has had a good pull here from Monmouth um, nationally. He's at 41% nationally, which is the highest number I think I've seen him uh, overall. Is he really? Ted Cruz in second at 14. So a 27-point national lead for, for Donald Trump. However, the only thing that sucks wow. for Trump is Monmouth is not a quality pollster, according to Donald Trump, who just <laughs> said they were terrible because they had him losing in Iowa. So now I assume they're great again. He's made Monmouth great again with this latest poll result. He's like, what's Monmouth? 
bashing them just a few days ago. So I assume that this poll will be disregarded by him and his camp, and he won't tout it at all. He's at 41 now. Well, according to this poll, yeah. I mean, again, national polls are far less predictive uh, than uh, than even state polls, which even state polls at this point are uh, are very uh, uncertain. They ran a I just read an analysis which was pretty interesting from one of the people who analyze these polls. The margin of error of a poll right now, um, taken now as it, oppo- uh, as it uh, exists to um, one of the early states. So this is state-based Iowa, and this would you know hurt Cruz, I suppose. The uh, actual margin of error of a poll taken right now is 28 points. 28 points. That's 28 points on one side and 28 on the other. So if someone's got 40 points in a poll... That's anywhere between 12 and 68. That's how ac- accurate these polls are right now. Uh, it's kind of it, you can't base something on polls right now. It's the same reason why, I, like, while I, you know, I joked and said, you know, I love Iowa today. I mean, you know, I, I want Cruz to win uh, over Trump, especially, honestly, anybody to win except for Trump. Um, but I, I, you can't take things from this. There's one poll. When you get three days away. You're going to start looking at these polls and being like, okay, this is this is probably happening. Even then, sometimes. And even then, it misses you all know? the time. I mean, look at uh, Matt Bevan, yeah. um, who was That's down what by, was what, thinking five of. or six points? Yeah. Leading in, then one by eight. I mean, you know, the polls are so unreliable and so difficult at times. I mean, I think overall they give you a good sense of where the race uh, stands, but it gets more and more difficult to do it. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll see, uh, you know. And overall, the fact is, Cruz is up. Uh, Carson is down. Yeah, those like are quite the, a bit. Those are the two main things. And, and Trump is right around where he has yeah, been. Yeah, he hasn't really gained any supporters. He no. hasn't really lost any supporters. He's been right around uh, the area of, uh, you know, mid-20s in Iowa for a yeah. long time. Um, yeah. You know, he's trailed three of the last four polls in Iowa. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say if the election were held today, which it's not, but if it were in Iowa, he would be the underdog. That doesn't mean he would lose, but that means he would probably go into it as the underdog. Um, if there were a national primary held today, which there is not, then you would probably say that Trump was the favorite for that. So the national primary is tomorrow. No, the, the national primary um, yeah, it happens on uh, next week. It happens at never o'clock. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So is that he, soon? Uh, pretty soon. Okay. Uh, pretty soon. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit down the road. It's just not something that occurs. Yeah. So you're pro- polling something that doesn't occur. Does it give you a general sense? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it's more valuable when it comes to the general election because, in essence, there is a national primary when it comes to a general election. Everyone votes on the same day. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the thing that really screws up the national um, polling is this sort of slow rollout of states. So, like, you have Iowa. Well, when Iowa comes in and, let's say, Cruz wins Iowa, that's going to change other state polls. Right. People are going to say, holy crap, Ted Cruz is one of the people I can... People he in the, can win. He can win. Yeah. Um, same thing. I mean, this is... Uh, the same thing happens in New Hampshire. If Donald Trump wins New Hampshire and Ted Cruz wins Iowa, those two will be cemented as contenders. That doesn't mean that they'll go very long. Sometimes we've seen people like Pat Buchanan uh, won... Was it... Uh, I can't remember which state it was. He won one of those early primaries. Um, it happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McCain won um, New Hampshire against George W. Bush in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, but it puts you in that tier. If you don't win any of the first three or four states, you basically have no chance. You're done. 
you're done. Rudy Giuliani found that out. Yes. In, in, in uh, spectacular fashion. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents too. Just coming up in a sec here. All right. So we're doing some uh, Christmas shopping. You getting ready? You getting ready for the holidays? Uh, if you have a guy in, uh, thank you very much. If you have a guy in your life, uh, who you know, maybe your dad, your brother, your husband. If you uh, happen to be, well, I guess I could say if you happen to be a lady. If you happen to have a husband. Uh, you might want to consider a man crate. Man crates are a great Christmas present because man crates give you these sort of themed crates that come to your door like this. You've got, uh, it comes with a crowbar. So this one, you're sitting there, you're prying the thing off. It takes a while, you have no idea what's inside. When you go inside, it's something themed uh, around something that, uh, you know, the, the person you're buying for enjoys. They have tons of stuff, a million different options. Golf, uh, different sporting uh, leagues and teams. Um, you've got uh, you've got if they love different crazy snacks they have a they have, uh, they have you know video games um, this one I always love because this is, this one always reminds me of Jeffy he's a huge Walking Dead fan although you know Pat is as well and Glenn as as well but this is sort of the zombie survival kit so cool they've got the survive me uh, zombie survival uh, guy but look, look at the high quality items they put in this this is uh, Gerber outdoor machete I mean that is that is a serious I mean I can't even imagine how much this thing would cost going into uh, a uh, you know Home Depot or something and trying to buy it um, probably wouldn't even be able to buy it there. It's really really high end, um, and they they put it. It's just a cool way, something different. Forget the ugly ties and the sweaters and the in the generic cologne. Get, be a gift giving hero. Man Crates makes it easy, and they have a ton of options to choose from with a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Let's go to uh, Blaze. Go to uh, the uh, mancrates.com/blaze for ten percent off. That's mancrates.com slash blaze. Go there now. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You know who I love? Uh, Barack Obama. Man is a, a genius. Mm. And uh, what he said about Raúl Castro, I think, is so true. He's not an ideologue. Of course, he said the same thing about himself. And we all know that true. He nailed that. that one. Is, oh, and he said mm -hmm. when Barack Obama said, "I'm not an ideologue." I thought, wow, did he sum up my feelings about him mm -hmm. in a nutshell. And then he, he just did the same thing in a recent interview on Yahoo about uh, the leader of, of Cuba. Here's what he had to say about him. My read of him is that uh, he's somebody who's gone through a bunch of stages. He, you know, you're talking about somebody <laughs> in their 80s uh, uh -huh. who you know, has, has been in power alongside his brother since I was born. So uh, I don't think the man he was at 35 is the same person that he is uh, at 85. Uh, my impression of him is uh, somebody who is very much uh, committed to the existing regime, who is uh, suspicious of full democracy. Uh, you know, this is not a liberal, uh, but I do. Th 
uh, see in him a, lot, a big streak of pragmatism. Uh, <laughs> in that sense, I don't think he is an ideologue. I think he recognizes mm-hmm. the vulnerabilities of both their economic system and their political system. Do you? And what and he probably wants to pull off is a transformation of the economic system to make it more productive and more efficient sure. and raise standards of living yeah. uh, without uh, letting go of the political reins. Mm-hmm. Raul Castro recognizes the need for change, and part of the reason for the timing of these changes mm-hmm. uh, is his desire to help usher in those changes before he and his brothers are gone. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. Very exciting. Um, can I ask, because I mean, I, do I have anything to say about, uh, do you have anything you want to hit on this quickly before I get into a stupid observation? Uh, n- not really. Okay. I mean, it's just nonsense. Yeah, kind of. He, he knows full well the Castros are ideologues. He knows full are. well they're dedicated communists, and they've been done doing this for 50 freaking years. Yeah. They could have changed it a long time ago if they were pragmatists who were skeptical about the economic feasibility of communism. Yeah. They're completely dedicated to communism. I mean, your best read here on this would be, okay, Obama knows he's trying to work with them, so he's not yep. going to try to call them out and call them evil. Yeah. Um, he's going to try to make put the best face. The same way probably George Bush was putting a positive face on Putin when he said, well, I've looked into his soul and I think he's a good guy. Like, I, you, you, There is some level of that that goes on when you're talking in front of an, a public audience about people you're trying to do business with in some way. Of course, the other side of that would be that he's not as opposed to, uh, to some of the ideas and likes some of them and doesn't want to make him into a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's probably part of it as well. The other thing I was thinking of is the Internet revolution has brought us such a weird group of things in that like, we had... Forever, the president would appear on things called CBS, NBC, ABC. Then we get to CNN, even Fox News. Now Yahoo. Yeah, I know. Google. Mm-hmm. All these goofy names that were made to be like sort of memorable as the Internet started are now huge news organizations. <laughs> it's just funny to see the president. We presented the YouTube thing, the yeah. YouTube debate. Yeah. Uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, certainly Facebook. Uh, is 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 now involved in pretty much every aspect. Will we have of these a Snapchat things. debate Twitter. pretty soon? Sna- yeah, Snapchat. Let's do a Snapchat debate that only every answer is only eight seconds and then it disappears. I think that'd be great. That's like a Trump debate because whenever he right. says something, the stance lasts for about eight <laughs> about seconds eight and then seconds. it disappears. So it'd be perfect uh, for right. him. It's right now happening. He Snapchatted <laughs> the fact that he thought Monmouth, Monmouth was not a legitimate pollster, and so now that they great. showed a good poll for him, it's now the opposite. Uh, I also like this uh, observation. Um, it, this actually comes from Truth Revolt. There's a report that Obama, and will this surprise anybody? Probably not, but it will piss you off. Obama told the NSC and the FBI to downplay the terrorist angle of the San Bernardino attack. Is there any doubt in your mind that's true? There's no doubt in my mind. Um, but it's, it's uh, just more evidence of who he is and that he has a certain agenda. And that part of that agenda is not to deal with terrorism. He doesn't want anything to do with it. It's like, leave me alone on the terrorist thing. I'm going after guns here. And that's what, so that's what this is about. Yes, it's done by jihadists. Get over that. They use guns. We need to take guns away from people. And that's why they're using this no-fly list as an angle to try to remove guns from people. How many people all of a sudden show up on a terror watch list who are gun owners, who are perfectly law-abiding U.S. citizens if 
you can't get a gun when you're on that oh, list. It's one of those. It's the way that they do these things, right? Yep. I mean, the same thing happened with uh, the Patriot Act. What was it? You you had a stat, I think, fairly recently that like. 80% or 90%? Yeah, it was a huge percentage. Of the investigations have to do with not terrorism, but drugs. drug offenses. Yeah. And again, like, it's not that we're saying, you know, they shouldn't investigate drug cases if it's against they the should, law. They should, but not with that. But not with that. Um, you know, and it's like, well, they've used that. They've utilized tools at their disposal to do mm -hmm. other things they care about. That is what the, that's what the government does. It's what ideologues do. It's what Barack Obama is doing with this terrorist no-fly list. He himself, the left has been criticizing this for a long time, saying it's, you know, wraps up people that don't belong on it. They know that. They just want everyone to have no Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. they, that's just why they, you know, they want, and they're not hiding that. A lot of them will say it outwardly. Many of them uh, will go in there and, and, and I mean, look at the cases that have gone to the Supreme Court. The, the idea that of, that people would lose the individual right to bear arms has been something on the liberal watch list, the progressive watch list for a thousand you know, years. As long as progressivism has been in existence, this has been something they've tried to do, not just in the United States, but all over mm -hmm. the globe. Yeah. And with this latest shooting in San Bernardino, apparently the FBI, and we had reports of this right after, the FBI knew instantly, instantly believed the shooting, uh, which killed 14 people, uh, was a clear act of terrorism. The White House, uh, White House, however, did not feel the same way, and they quickly moved in to squash the FBI uh, in the terror cl uh, classification. As the shooting took place, Obama convened a meeting with the NSC and the heads of other federal government agencies to discuss the public relations strategy. Part of the reason for trying to avoid the designation of shootings as terrorism is because it threatens to upset uh, Obama's uh, strategy in Syria. Uh, the other part is, as far as I'm concerned, it upsets his agenda to undermine guns in America. He wants to take them away from, from uh, uh, law-abiding Americans. Michael Flynn, former director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, said publicly that the Obama administration wants to completely sideline discussions of terrorism because it contradicts the claim that al-Qaeda is dwindling. Uh, so there's that as well. Obama recently suffered major embarrassment after he claimed that ISIS was contained only one day before the Paris attacks took place. Mm, not so contained, after all, perhaps. Um, no? You don't, you don't no, think so? I, um, I don't think so. I love this. This is, uh, is something, kind of an amazing addition to this story. We've heard that the San Bernardino people, this is a kind of you know, American spin of this, but the San Bernardino attacks... Uh, the woman, the wife, who came into the country had social media postings mm -hmm. saying she was a jihadist and wanted to, you know, have had issues, you know, with the American government and right. was, you know, obviously violent. She was pretty active on it. Pretty active. Uh, on social media about it. How do we miss that? How does that happen? How right. do we miss that one thing? Listen to this. Fearing a civil liberties backlash and bad public relations for the Obama administration, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson refused in early 2014 to end a secret U.S. policy that prohibited immigration officials from reviewing the social media messages of foreign citizens applying for U.S. Oh visas. They had a policy in place that said you can't look at the Twitter feed of some immigrant because, I don't know, you might see, because of bad public relations, okay? Um, and this, by the way, coming from the hardcore right-wing source of ABC News. That's who was reporting on this. So they had a policy that they couldn't look at immigrants' social media to see if they might be threatening to the country. And this is the result of it. You have someone. So you tell me, who's more responsible, the gun 
or the Obama administration for putting restrictions like this on, on Homeland Security. I, I mean, that, that is a clear... And, of course, they would never accept any responsibility for that. Uh, it will always be blamed on the gun. They've admitted that no uh, amount of gun control legislation would have prevented this attack or any attack that we've been talking about for the last 15 years. Uh, there's, there's no gun legislation that would have done anything about any of these shootings. But, again, we can, we don't... Uh... We this there would have been something done here. Yes, right. Like this here could is, have actually done this something. Actually, could have stopped it. Uh, unlike their gun laws, this is something that actually could have prevented this particular killing, or at least right. this particular person from executing it. Now, the husband may have gone and tried to do it himself. Maybe he may have been able to uh, recruit someone who is radicalized here. But we know this woman would not have been able to come in here and do this unless she broke some other, uh, wow. you know, law and somehow got across the border. Um, mm. You know, certainly that's possible. Uh, but she could not have done it the way that she done, she had done it. It's kind of an amazing uh, admission from ABC News. I mean, this is not coming from the blaze or some you know right-wing source. This is uh, ABC mm. News telling you what the policy is. And they've said now that after, um, uh, you know, in the fall of 2014, the, the guy who's reporting this, uh, who was an insider in the DHS, left. Months after he left, they started a process that could include social networking uh, in what they look at, um, but it's still not com it's not completed yet. So t ten days Perfect. after every shooting, we're supposed to immediately ban all these guns. Yeah. But in what ten months, they can't have people check Twitter accounts. Uh, it's, I mean, it just it's priorities, and their priority, mm -hmm. of course, is to make. Uh, you know, it, they obviously want Islam to look like it's not this threatening thing, and they don't want mm -hmm. people to have bad. They don't want to be hateful. Don't want to be hateful. Well, I don't want to be hateful either to people who are good people who are coming here. I do. Uh, I do want to be hateful to terrorists. I actually don't like them. Oh uh, yes, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Keep in mind, 402 shopping days left to the inauguration of our next president of the United States. I can't wait for the Hillary Clinton era to start. <laughs> More patents too coming up. Seven two seven back. It's uh, it's Pat and Stu, and it's a little Star Wars debate on air on MSNBC too. Mm -hmm. Melissa Harris Perry. This is a re this isn't like we were just talking about which which movies were best. I think right. maybe the end of this week, Pat, because uh, mm -hmm. Star Wars comes out this week. Want to do a a, 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 a final list because you're watching them as, in preparation to yeah. watch the new one. As am I. Mm -hmm. A final list of in order which are the best best to worst. They would oh, do that on Thursday. Yeah, that'll let's be do it on, Let's do it on Thursday because I All think right. we should reveal this. Uh, maybe we can get mm -hmm. fancy graphics and stuff. Okay. Maybe. Uh, I like it. I, I mean, because. I, don't, you, don't you have tickets to an early yeah, showing? Yeah, this week. I am going to go this weekend. So kind of That's excited awesome. about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't have tickets till uh, like next, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, you held out for the better theater. Mm -hmm, like I, I, I was like, ah, I, I just want to see it, so I'm going to go to a regular theater. You, you went to like the nice dine-in. Yeah, I've become a real theater snob now because we have these phenomenal new theaters, mm -hmm. a couple of them in our area. And 
and they're full, full on recliners. In one of these theaters, breach at dinner, you know, pretty good food too, mm -hmm. restaurant quality food, and the recliner reclines all the way down. So you can, you can literally watch it laying down. In another one, they're the full-size big Barco lounger recliner types, the lazy boy things, uh, but it doesn't recline quite as far. But that one's acceptable to me too. But really, this the old stadium theater thing where you're just in that half-size chair, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's unbelievable how fast. Because <laughs> I, 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 I will say that I now am at the point where if it's at all possible, even if the movie is lower quality, I want to go to the theater with the actual delivery of the food to you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that is, I that's vital. That. I mean, being able to order, like, you know, bar and grill level food mm -hmm. at a movie is among the best things our society has ever produced. Uh, it's capitalism at its best. Mm -hmm. It seriously is. Because then you don't have to, all right, let's go out to dinner and a movie. You don't. It can be all in one stop. <laughs> One-stop shopping oh for it. I know. It's, it's the best. The, I mean, the only, th only thing, the only problem with those is getting, because they don't give you the 64-ounce sodas when you're at those places. They give you a normal-sized restaurant soda, yeah. which is fine, mm -hmm. uh, if they're going to refill it every eight minutes. Um, and, and they, they, you know, it's hard because you're in a dark theater. You've got to press the button, and they've got to come, and you feel like you're, you're a pain in the ass by bringing them back every 10 seconds. But that's what I want. I want right. to be drinking my soda the entire movie. It's a first-world problem, isn't it? I don't know. I think, you Do know, they, we you have to ask in the Congo Glenn, they have this? They in the Iraqi, Glenn was telling me in the Iraqi camps that he went to, <laughs> they did have only stadium seating, uh, which is, uh, that's very difficult. But the food was delivered. It just wasn't restaurant quality. Oh, okay. Um, you know, they did bring it out to the See, seats. See, that's ex unacceptable. No wonder they're yeah. even. I will say Europe. the other thing about the, uh, and then before we get into the actual um, Star Wars thing that Melissa Harris-Perry did, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous and you're going to love it. Um, but uh, the other thing about it is assigned seating. Because I don't, mm -hmm. like this particular movie, I have Star Wars tickets for this weekend, and it's not an assigned seating theater. So I have to show up early and, like, run to a seat and, and like, reserve it. it. I'm sorry, I can't yeah, abide it I know. anymore. It's legitimate. It's a legitimate <laughs> point. I have my place staked out in advance. And I do. I do. I have and you my can pick the best seats. one in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Like. get the favorite seats right through the middle there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, I had to order two weeks in advance, and I couldn't get the opening weekend. But it's worth it to me. Yeah, it's worth it's it to worth me. It. I just, I don't know. For this one, I kind of want to go see it opening weekend. I really do, too. Weekend, I really do, too. But, you know, I think I can wait. I think Melissa Harris-Perry or Melissa Harris-Perry will not be going to uh, this particular. She's got some issues with the, uh, with the film. And I think you will, too, after she explains hers. Here's what she said. I know why I have feelings, good, bad, and otherwise, about Star Wars. And I have a lot. I spent whole day talking about the whole Darth Vader situation. But, really? but oh you, you could? Yeah, like the, <laughs> the part where he was totally a black guy whose name basically was James Earl Jones. Who, right. And we were, and but it, while what? he was black, he was terrible and bad and awful and used to cut off white men's hands and didn't, you know, actually claim his son. But as soon as he claims his son and goes over to the good, he takes off his mask and he is white. Oh, yes, I have many, <laughs> many feelings no. about that. But I will try to put them God, over here. Why, so why do good people, luck with that. Okay. <laughs> so it, stupid. Darth it, Vader was never a black man. Never. He sounded the way he did. And really, James Earl Jones, are you saying that he sounds stereotypically black? <laughs> no. Because um, I, don't, I don't know that I agree with that. But, you know, yes, he's got the big, deep voice. Mm -hmm. um, so do a lot of white people and Hispanics and Asians. 
I mean, uh, look at Jeffy. He's got one of the deepest, right. ballsiest voices I ever heard. And he is like a legitimate human Darth Vader. He's that evil. Right. Uh, but he's white. Yeah, but he's white. Now, Darth Vader talked that way because he was in a mask. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever said he was black. Where are you getting that? And he, was, he always was a white guy. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even if you thought, like, wow, a black guy, he's got a black mask on. Why would he be black? When, His offspring are all white. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. His <laughs> wife was white. His offspring are white. Where would you get the impression he's a black guy? <laughs> that's just Idiocy. Is she saying essentially that she thinks Darth Vader was identifying as black uh, while he was uh, evil and then Maybe. became white again? Because I think he wasn't thing, though. The real, if you wanted to say, because I mean, I've heard this argument before. Like people will, you know, it's it's actually a joke. Well, they'll say, well, you know, uh, billiards is racist because the white balls are knocking the black balls around. They're knocking the black ball around all the time, um, and it's like a stupid like, but um, sort of thing. It's not supposed to be a real point. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, Melissa, you need to kind of realize that. But secondarily, if you did believe, if you were a racist, and you're like, that black guy, he's a bad guy, and look at him, he's the, he's the empire, and you're an idiot, and you don't know any of the other stories, you would listen, when they, you would notice when they took the thing off that he was white, and your racial prejudices would be uh, exposed as you'd realize, oh, no, actually, that was a white guy the whole time. Now, no one in the world did that uh, because no one thinks about those things except for people like Melissa Harris-Perry or any right. other personality on MSNBC. I'm sure Chris Matthews has the exact same opinion. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. Because Chris Matthews is, oh, is yeah. the same way. He sees everything through that prism. Everything. Mm -hmm. If you want low taxes, it's because you're a racist. If you want uh, less government control of education, racist. it's because you're a racist. It's because if you don't want black babies to die in abortion racist. clinics, then you're a racist. No matter what it is, it's always through that prism. So, And, and that's Melissa Harris-Perry. She might even admit that. That she sees everything through that uh, prism. She's mm -hmm. so far down that road. She's a, you know, uh, as many people have talked about her, she's a professor of this uh, ideology. Yeah. I mean, she, this is what she does for a living. I mean, it's MSNBC's problem that they brought her on the air to do it. She's not like, obviously, you watch her show, you know she's, she has no ability as a host. She's a professor. And they're trying to make, you know, trying to make her into a wonky smart person on the air. Uh, but she's obvious. I mean, that's obviously not working. That's crazy. I mean, uh, what, what uh, you just it, saw, it's, I mean, it's literal insanity for anyone to so see that stupid. in these movies. It's just so stupid. stupid, especially because it's and then the same people will come out and criticize conservatives when they see liberal messages in movies. When they uh -huh. see um, when we gave you a concrete example the other day of, of the director of multiple comedies said the reason they made the movies. Yeah, we want it to be funny, but we try to make sure each one of them. Uh, exposes one of our liberal beliefs. Um, and this is like movies like Anchorman and um, um, The Other Guys and Step Brothers and oh, stupid Will Ferrell, Talladega Nights was another one. Mm -hmm. Stupid Will Ferrell comedies that they went into them intentionally with the idea that they wanted to get some sort of uh, anti-conservative value uh, out there. And that's not me saying that. That is their, the director's admission. He was saying, this is what I wanted to do. This is what we always tried to do. Give it this bend. And are you saying, then, is Melissa Harris-Perry's point here that that was George Lucas's intent as well? <laughs> Did George Lucas set out to make the point that while Darth Vader was a black guy, he was evil, and then as soon as you take the mask off and you find out he's white, he's good again? I really doubt that was George Lucas's intent in making that movie.
Uh, <laughs> really? You know, because hmm. that's not exactly a conservative filmmaker. No. Uh, so, what a bizarre point. Just butt stupid. Though, to be fair, since it was one of the good Star Wars, George Lucas didn't direct it. True, but he did He did write it. Mm -hmm. He did write it. Mm -hmm. 888727 back. More patents too coming up. So. Seven two seven Beck, Pat, and Stu. Apparently, uh, Senators uh, John McCain and Al Franken uh, exchanged jabs over their state's NFL teams oh, ahead of the big Thursday night uh, Cardinals Vikings matchup. And who isn't looking oh, forward God. to that? The Cardinal Viking matchup. Huge. Oof. Wow. I mean, it was a good game. Was it? Oh, it's already happened. Yeah, See, that's how much I was looking forward to it. That I. <laughs> it was a good I game, just and kept two, thinking it was in the future. And and the Cardinals. Cardinals might be the best team in the league. It's not impossible to mm. say that they are. I mean, they're eleven and two. Um, yeah, now, good. obviously, Carolina's thirteen and zero, but are they? You know, I don't know. I mean, there's some questions about them still. I think people still uh, somewhat fairly question whether thirteen and zero is legit. By the way, they're going to go sixteen and zero, aren't they? They, they, have, they don't play another five hundred team the rest of the year. Yeah. Now, if they lose, they could lose to one of those. Games. I think they played the Giants. I mean, could they lose to the Giants, the Bucks, the Giants, and I can't remember who the third game is. But I mean, they don't play any powerhouses the rest of the year. They could go sixteen and zero. The Carolina Panthers, who squeaked into the playoffs at seven, eight, and one last year, are going to go sixteen and zero. Yeah, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. But I mean, the, the 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 Arizona Cardinals are in that conversation, I would say. And of course, the Philadelphia Eagles have to play them this weekend, which is yeah. positive. And of course, Minnesota Vikings are in first place in in uh, yeah. the uh, North Division. But uh, here's uh, Franken and McCain discussing it. So let's switch to another topic of national importance, and that is football. Your teams, the Minnesota Vikings, the Arizona Cardinals, are about to play on Thursday night football. If you can, briefly sell the American people on these two teams. Well, Bob, it's simple. When the going gets tough, Americans don't fold. When the Arizona Cardinals have an injury, it's next man up. I'm proud of my football team. I'm proud to be an American, and most of all... He said briefly proud my good friend if you let me finish you know we've heard this kind of rhetoric before from my very close friend but where has it gotten arizona fans to one super bowl which they lost and how many times have the vikings lost four times Count exactly four. four times we got to the super bowl four times bob i tell you one thing my esteemed colleague you're not going to get there this year look at the embarrassing loss you just suffered at the hands of the seahawks okay we uh, we had a lot of guys hurt gentlemen let's not turn this into a sports talk radio show well it's too late okay he is my friend but he is a loser maybe you will understand the virtues of being a republican instead of a liberal commie socialist <laughs> wow that was a stupid uh segment if, if ever there was one on uh <laughs> CBS. Uh, wow. Holy crap. That's really bad. Uh, I mean, and not only that, but I think it was set up. I mean, I, oh, I don't yeah, know if that was recorded was. in advance yeah, and then I mean, edited. No doubt about it. They, they, they were calling it Face the Football Nation. 
trying to be funny. Stupid. It does bring up an interesting point, though, that a lot of times I think we forget, which is Al Franken is an effing senator in this country. Yeah. This idiot who did the stupid Saturday Night Live bits is still a senator. Yeah. That's still happening. Like, now. Like, right now, he's still a senator. Like, currently, that guy. Remember they used to go, like, can you imagine? Every once in a while, Rush Limbaugh, people would talk about, like, Rush Limbaugh, will you ever run for president? Remember how pissed off they used to get? No, yeah. Here is, the, I mean, the only difference between, you know, uh, left and right, obviously, is one major difference. But the only other difference is that Al Franken was a failed talk show host. I mean, he didn't, no one listened to him. Uh, he didn't have 20 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, you know, he didn't have success, any level of success. Mm-hmm. He was a complete failure in literally the every single thing fell he apart did. That he was on the entire yeah. network, and he was the crumbled anchor. He, they the were going to remember that was. They, I remember, I, you know, we've been around for a while in talk radio. I remember how uh, Air America was going to take on uh, Rush Limbaugh and defeat him mm-hmm. and show the uh, the validity of a, a liberal talk radio and how it was going to work and hammer. And it was. It, Air America was so desperate that they enlisted all kinds of politicians to start yelling about Clear Channel because, oh, Clear Channel doesn't have any liberal talk. To- Clear Channel owns everything, and that's why we can't gain a foothold in talk radio. So what happened? Clear Channel put on Air America in many key markets, and they said, okay, let's give it a whirl, it see how it goes. Let's give it a whirl. We're going to put it on here, 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 and here. Go for it. Show us. And it failed miserably everywhere and so the network went away because uh, they weren't playing their own employees right remember at the end of that how negative yeah, oh, that, that really was bad. it was like these people would show up and you know they've been sitting here bashing big companies and how mm-hmm. they don't care about their employees and then show up and not get checks <laughs> uh i mean it was laughable um and you know it's been the constant case i mean you know liberalism progressivism doesn't lend itself to 15 hours a week it lends itself to 15 seconds at a time. Yeah. And when you have 15 seconds and you try to explain something on the back of a car with a bumper sticker, you know, yeah, it looks okay. And then you can make little slogans that sound all right. And you can, you can make the case that you're just trying to feel something. As long as it's you're emotional. not challenged by anybody. As soon as you get a challenge and you've got to explain these things over long periods of time, you yeah. wind up talking people out of it. Yeah. People listen to liberal talk radio and they're like, God, this doesn't really make any sense, does it? And they leave. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the... The, the network dissolves, and now there's really no... I mean, there are uh, liberal channels out there, little niche sort of channels. I mean, even Ed Schultz's... Ed Schultz was the one who was supposedly going... He was the next one after Air America. He was going to be the one who took on, and now his show is dead as well. His television Completely show gone. and his radio show, it's, dead. It's on, it's on the Internet, but yeah. it, that's it, right? That, mm-hmm. I don't think it's even on radio anymore. Not even on radio, I don't think. <sighs> I know he got, it was dropped from his syndicator. The TV show's gone. Everything's gone. He's, well, he, gets, he still fishes, apparently. He's a big fisherman. Well, and that's why, you know, that's why he let it all slip away, because he, he wanted to fish more. Oh, that's more right. time with He his, did say that. The, he wanted to spend more time with the fish. He so. also said he was going to destroy Fox News and the ratings, and uh, it never came close. really quite happen. Mm. So, so uh, 888-727-BEG, we'll have to save the wrapping Michelle on going to college. I can, uh, no, I can't do that. We're not saving it. We're not. We're not? No. Oh, you've seen it? Is it really I've, bad? I've seen clips of it. I will not. I will not watch it again. Okay, cannot happen on this network. All not right. on our first day with Verizon. So coming up, we uh, won't be seeing that the, uh, here in a minute. People on Verizon FiOS, they didn't. This is our first day here with us. Welcome, Welcome. by the way. We, Welcome as a present from us to you, we will not show you Michelle Obama rapping today. Okay. We promise. At least on this show. I mean, it's probably on every other show, but not today. No, I can't see.
888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu. We were going to talk about this on uh, radio this morning. Never got to it. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, but uh, this trans age man, a, a woman, girl, I guess, is uh, an amazing story. You know, it's it's not enough now to be transgendered, like like Caitlyn Jenner or transracial, like Rachel Dolezal or the guy from Black Lives Matter. Sean King. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there is a trans age transgender person. And there uh, they are right right there. That is a that is not a six year old girl, surprisingly enough. What? Uh, that's a 51 year old man. And uh, um, uh, it's kind of interesting because he he said he's been struggling with male to female transgender uh, situation. But more than that, he now thinks he's actually a six year old girl, not just a woman, a six year old girl stuck in the body of a 51 year old man. And that's that's that person right (laughs) right there. Right now, since when since when does a six year old girl? Have a pacifier in her mouth. Uh, that <laughs> does seem like a little old for the pacifier. Can we see that again? A little, do we have a close-up of that? Is, there's a pacifier in the mouth of this 51-year-old, of this, I'm sorry, 66-year-old girl. Uh, that's just stupid. Is this a joke then, or is that for real? He's actually been taken in by a nice older couple who are treating him as a 6-year-old girl. At, at 46 years old, this guy deserted his wife and seven children, wife and seven kids, to go off and live as a six-year-old girl. Um, he says, there's days I forget my past. I can actually go a week without even thinking about what I was before. I can't deny I was married. I can't deny I have children. But I've moved forward now, and I've gone back to being a child. I don't want to be an adult right now. And I just want to live my life like I couldn't when I was in school. Uh, he, so he's not speaking abstractly. He actually is trying to be a six-year-old girl in a 51-year-old man's body. The language body. is a little interesting there. Uh, first of all, I, I noticed your hateful language of calling him him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, uh, the uh, it's interesting because he's she's talking about this as something that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Rather than something that he than he that he is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you'll be like, yeah, "It's true." Like he's saying, "Like ah, you know, I, I want to. I just I don't feel like being a guy right now. I want to be a six year old woman or six year old girl." girl. Yeah. It's like that's different than the way you hear Rachel Dole's all speak about it, that's which is, true. "I am, I am, am African American. I am black." Yeah, and this is the way I've identified my whole life. Like it's a little bit different. It, I mean, seeing the picture, it feels like it's a bit. Yeah, it feels like maybe someone's trying to make a point about this uh, or something. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Although he does say, "Well, I have a mummy and a daddy, and adopted mummy and daddy who are totally comfortable with me being a little girl, and their children and their grandchildren are totally supportive." Uh, come on, what kind of family is totally supportive of that? I mean, seriously, <laughs> is it the Munsters? Is that who you're living with? <laughs> seriously, it's funny because I think <laughs> all of the people, like, if, I, if you were to ask Caitlyn Jenner about this. In an honest moment, off camera, he's, he, Caitlin is probably saying, come No, on, come on, that's come a on. bit. That's a bit. Well, this is kind of interesting. Um, he says, and their children and grandchildren are totally supportive. In fact, her youngest granddaughter, when I was eight, 
a year ago I was eight and she was seven. <laughs> now he's six. So he's gone from eight to six. For, for a while, though, he thought he was around eight, and now I guess he's regressed slightly. Uh, and she said to me, I, I want you to be the little sister, so I'll be nine. I said, well, I don't mind going to six. So I've been six ever since. Now, that's beautiful cooperation. Again, like, I don't mind children. going to six is yeah. indicating you're doing this. It's not <laughs> who you are. It's just a role you're playing, essentially. It's weird. Right. Yeah. He says, we have a great time. We color. We do kids stuff. It's called play therapy. No medication, no suicide thoughts. And I just get to play. So a 51-year-old man who just gets to play. He gets to dress up like that, hold dollies, put a pacifier in his mouth, and he just gets to play. I don't know. There's something fishy about that story. Yeah. yeah. Trans age. They're, put, they're, they're passing it off all of the headlines like it's a serious, real, real deal. So maybe it is, but I don't know. It looks a little suspicious uh, to us. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Also, the Telegraph reports that Elon Musk is spending a billion dollars to fund a Save the World from AI campaign from artificial intelligence. Because apparently artificial intelligence is going to develop so fast, potentially, uh, that it will kill us all. It's an interesting... buy into that? He's an interesting dude. (laughs) He is. He is. I mean, first of all, it's nice to be able to uh, have that sort of money to be able to throw around at your pet projects, which is what he does. And he doesn't seem to be... He's not as rich as, like, a Bill Gates. No, no one is, right? Right. But he's he's like a $10 billion billionaire, isn't he? I thought he was more in the 20s. Um, Maybe he is. But if if he's in the $10 billion range, that's... That seems a big sum. Thirteen billion. You're right. Okay, thirteen, 13 billion. billion. That's a lot of money. That's one thirteenth of your entire wealth. Right. That's a lot. For That's a lot to save the because this is not like you, know, you would expect this of. A, I mean, and he's done this obviously with Tesla and that. Like, oh well, here's a green energy thing. I'm going to dump a billion dollars because I want to save the world. Mm-hmm. Saving the world from AI though is like you're trying to limit technological progress because you worry about the sort of outlying negative consequences of that. That's not a typical liberal position, right? That's something that Glenn right. would say and be criticized for. Yeah. Um, kind of weird. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting approach. Joining forces with other tech entrepreneurs to establish a $1 billion investment fund. So that's maybe something uh, to highlight there. Joining forces with other tech entrepreneurs to establish a $1 billion. So it's not, it's not all, all his, his money. cash. Yeah. Uh, because of AI's surprising history, it's hard to predict when human-level AI will come uh, within reach. When it does, it'll be important to have a leading research institution which can prioritize a good outcome for all uh, uh, for uh, all over for uh, excuse me good outcome for all over its own self interest. Yeah, I can support that. I mean, you know, it's, it's good to look at the ethics of it, right? Yeah. Stephen Hawking uh, last year said that the technology could spell the end of the human race. I mean, so, so there are some serious minds who do believe that AI could get out of control and take over, and well, if you know, maybe. Make us ex- extinct. I mean, if you're legitimately able to create something that can think as well as a human being, and then you can improve on mm-hmm. that, it will improve itself and go into some sort of. That's the theory, right? Yeah, I mean, that's at least the thought. So I don't know. Can it happen? I mean, sure, I guess it could. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting focus, though, for a guy like Elon Musk, of all people. It is. You know? Yeah, it is. Uh, and according to uh, DARPA's top scientists, here's what the world will be like in 2045. Uh, Launched in 1958, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is behind some of the biggest innovations in the military, many of which have crossed over to civilian technology. And that includes things like robotics and global positioning, so GPS, 
uh, and the Internet. It's pretty likely that robots and artificial technology are going to transform a bunch of industries. Uh, drone aircraft will continue their leap from the military to civilian market. And self-driving cars, of course, will hopefully make our commutes a lot more bearable. Dr. Justin Sanchez, who's a neuroscientist and program manager in DARPA's Biological Technologies Office, believes we'll be at a point where we can control things simply by using our minds. Imagine a world where you could just use your thoughts to control your environment. That would be kind of cool. Think about controlling different aspects of your home just using your brain signals or maybe communicating with your friends and your family just using neural activity from your brain. Like, I want it to be cooler in here. And then the temperature goes down. Or uh, we just sent you a, uh, we're going to send you a copy of our home game psychically. We just did. And it really happens. And it really happens. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> it would kind of ruin cool. the bit, though, if it was real. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. We'd have to change it to something else. <laughs> uh, according to Sanchez, DARPA is currently working on neurotechnologies. That can enable this to happen. There are already some examples of these kinds of futuristic breakthroughs in action, like brain implants controlling prosthetic arms. Hmm. Do you know about brain implants controlling prosthetic I have heard arms? of that. Yeah, I didn't know uh, it's it was cool. really that uh, available. Used now. Mm -hmm. The other thing they say is a really big deal right now are the virtual headsets, you know, the virtual reality, uh, the VR headsets. Uh, apparently, um, they can be pretty expensive when they're the really high-tech ones. Uh, like, who's the big one? Uh, Oculus, mm -hmm. which is owned by Facebook now. Uh, they're coming out with one that's, I think, three to $500 for the goggles. And then the computer to power, it's another 1000 bucks or whatever. So it could be about a $1,500 investment. But supposedly, the experience is so immersive that it's unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Yeah, we're not that far away, right? We're I mean, not. You know, we're not. It's, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, the video game stuff that's coming out with it is, is incredible. There's a commercial airing now for, like, some Samsung phone that basically says you can buy goggles put this Samsung phone inside the goggles, and then it'll be virtual reality. You can look around, and it'll actually be virtual reality. Really? Whether it works that well or not. It looked cool in the commercial. And, and supposedly the uh, cell phone-based ones are quite a bit less expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. It's just and so a, you just plug app. it into the... <laughs> it's just an yeah. app, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it kind of looked, looked cool. Like, you know, you're looking at something on a video game screen, and you look to the left, and you look to the left. Look back to the right. You look up. You look. I mean, it's a it's a real virtual environment. I I mean, Jeffy would be here at this point to tell you what he's going to do with it, with his <laughs> websites, um, but he is not here today. And really, that application will be huge. Oh my God. For this technology, no can one's going to leave the house once that comes out. Seriously, can it's you imagine? Really, seriously, why? When I it mean, goes into the porn industry, how yeah. big that's going to be? Yeah, I mean, Glenn's oh talked gosh. about this before. Like, if you can create, Oof. you can essentially create the perfect. Uh, mate, right? Yeah. One that yeah. agrees with you with everything and doesn't give you a hard time about taking out the garbage and mm -hmm. and does anything you want whenever you want. So why leave the house? I mean, that is really where people are going to get at some point in the future, potentially, if uh, if this... I mean, you know, goggles are still different, right? There's, there's still a difference. <laughs> yes. However, it's, yes. it's However, that sensory completeness will eventually happen. It's all coming, right? It, it has to, right? Mm -hmm. As this evolves... Uh, it's always taken that direction. Always. The Internet's been taken that direction. VR certainly will be. I, I mean, that's going to be a huge industry. But also, there are some amazing things for virtual reality and, and uh, in the movie industry. Um, 
like supposedly movies are going to be shot on maybe a hundred different cameras and so that you'll have a different angle on every scene so that when you're immersed in the scene you can watch something different happen in the movie every single time you view it you know what i mean so if you watched it from the main camera in one viewing you can watch a different a different actor doing different things in another viewing of the movie i mean it's pretty be pretty spectacular and no experience would ever be the same. There's a, um, a a show on, I believe it's Showtime, called The Affair. Has anyone ever seen this? I haven't seen it. It's I, I haven't really watched it, but I was reading about it when it first came out. I think it was like last year. And it was kind of an interesting concept, which was, I, I can't remember exactly how it was formatted, but the, how I remember it was, it told, like, the story for one episode told the story from the guy's perspective of an affair. So he's with his family, he goes on this beach vacation, and uh, he meets this girl, and he rescues her uh, from being beat up by her boyfriend, and they wind up hooking up. The next episode is the exact same story from the girl's perspective. And she is at, at her house on the beach, and she meets this guy. And the guy makes the move on her. And like, there's little tweaks around the story where like, you know, he thought it was he was rescuing her, and she thought he was being annoying. And like, it kind of like, tells sort of that different take of how this affair mm-hmm. developed. And each episode kind of told it from a different uh, perspective in the story, which was really, it's kind of an interesting idea. But mm-hmm. think about that if you shot all of that and released it all at once. So you could watch, essentially walk through the movie and see it right. happening from each character's perspective. I mean, it would really, I mean, you're talking about something that's... That would augment the experience it really would. a lot. I, and it would be a interesting. Lot. It I mean, would. Because you kind of see that, like, imagine if you saw Star Wars or something. We've been talking about Star Wars today. Taken from the perspective of the Empire. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. watching it as, what's Darth Vader's take on this? And he's always got his, everyone's got their reasons for doing the shady stuff that they do. Um, And everyone's got their justification for doing it. And everyone's got their reasoning of uh, trying to align the force or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. There's always something. Every terrible dictator, every mass murderer always has their set of beliefs that lead them to make it okay for them doing in their own heads what they've done. Uh, it's kind of, it would be an interesting way to, to take entertainment in. And supposedly we'll be able to do that soon. 888-727-BECK. More patents too coming up. You know, right now you can get a uh, two-week emergency food supply. You can? Yes. What is it, like $500,000? You would think so, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. No. It's a little bit less than that. You take off a few zeros. Okay. $50. Wow. $50. All you have to do is call 888 Talk to our friends at My Patriot Supply. They're going to hook you up. Yep. It's uh, food to your door, uh, easy to store. We'll stay they around. They won't leave it in the street. Well, they, I, mean, I don't know where they deliver the things to okay. a particular person, but I'm All just right. saying that in theory, they're going to be theory, put near put your home, to somewhere wherever your mail door. comes. Okay. So if you have a P.O. box, right. I don't know. Maybe they would put, I don't know. No, that's a, but they won't leave it in the middle of the street to get run over by another vehicle. Almost definitely not. Okay. And if they did, they would probably replace that particular shipment. The point being, though, Pat, that it's good food, food that you'd actually want to eat, mm-hmm. and is great if you have um, any sort of thing that goes wrong from a, a terrorist attack uh, near you. Uh, that cuts off, uh, you know, business in the food supply for a while, or um, a natural disaster, or really anything, um, anything that goes that that can, you know, it's sort of an event you can't prepare for. You can prepare that you know you're going to need food, uh-huh. and my Patriot Supply can take care of that. For and two like weeks. you said, it's really good. It's really good food. It's like it's not like my first foray into uh, food preparation, which was rice and beans, and cracked wheat and barley. <laughs> this is chocolate pudding. Mm. Yummy. Last for 25 cho- years. Country cottage mac and cheese. I mean, delicious stuff. So call now. them today. Get a 
two-week supply for 50 bucks, which includes the shipping. 888-893-7953. Call right now. 888-893-7953. My Patriot Supply. Where's our mac and cheese? BECK. Uh, we're less than two weeks away from Christmas. Can you believe that? We're at uh, the Amazing. 14th already, so it's 11 days away. I'm just wow. in nonstop Christmas event mode right now, too. Are you? Because yeah, my kids are uh, four yeah, yeah. and uh, two? two and a half. Yeah. I guess, yeah, coming up, coming up on three. I keep saying four and two and a half. It's really almost three now for my daughter and, you know, uh, and Zach is four and a half now. Um, but. Point being uh, that they, especially Zach, is in mega Christmas mode. Like everything, that's all he thinks about all the time. He'll just wake up and go, Daddy, I wanted to tell you something. What, bud? I can't wait for Christmas. Just out of nowhere, things like that. Those are the conversations I'm having right now. So it's great. awesome. I love it. And, um, you know, so every weekend is just packed with like, we, you know, it's a Christmas adventure. We're going to go around and look at Christmas lights on people's houses, and we're going to go see mm-hmm. the Christmas display downtown. And there's a there's a Christmas show going on. We're going to that. We're on a Christmas train this weekend. We went to seek Santa Claus 900 times. They're all awesome, and uh, it's like I'm in the so immersed in that now. Like for the first time, I'm seeing that you know as a parent. Like where the past years they've kind of been excited, but I don't think really understood it. Now, like, they're in. Especially Zach is totally into it. Like, he's hardcore. Like, all he thinks about all day is Christmas. That's a fun time. It's really cool. That's a fun time. We took the grandkids mm-hmm. uh, this weekend to uh, to some Christmas festivities mm-hmm. uh, like that. First of all, we went to uh, Have you ever been to the ice sculpture thing? Yeah, we went this year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. It, they keep the place because, you know, it's ice. They keep the room, the place that they house the ice in, at nine degrees, and so it's really cold. It's really freezing so, cold. I mean, really cold. Too cold. Too cold. Yes, yeah, some would say too cold. For me, you my can wife say would too say too cold. Yes. Uh, but they loved that, and then right afterwards, there was a Santa in the in the same area, that, you know, in the Gaylord Hotel. That's where it happens here in Grapevine, Texas, and such a great Santa. And they went nuts. I mean, they were berserk when they saw him, and it's like, ah. So we got immediately into line, and it was just so much fun to have, you know, because my youngest now are 15 and 18, and they're, they don't react quite the same way to Santa really? anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the young, the young uh, they're, they're three and six, and, I mean, it just there's nothing better than that, than that feeling of that Christmas joy and excitement and the awe of the magic of the season and, and seeing that through their eyes again, it's awesome. Oh, it's, it's so just cool. awesome. It's, it's, and it's just fun, you if, know. If you don't have children, you, you should rent some. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do, they, what do they cost now? Like, it, uh, it's not it's, that expensive. No, it's not that. Much. If you want, you know, for a kid for the holidays, yeah, it's not that expensive. Uh, uh, go to Kids or Us and uh, check that out. Pretty sure that's what they serve there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, uh, you know, probably the second most exciting thing that's going on right now. Uh, you got, well, I'm probably more than Christmas. You have Christmas is down here, and then mm-hmm. the Paris Climate Accord. Oh, um, thank you for saying that. A little bit, a little bit above it. Well, because to save Christmas, you've got to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Oh, yeah. And that's what they've done here. They saved the planet. They have. Uh, White House is praising what it calls, uh, calls the most ambitious climate change agreement in history. Now, that's an interesting um, uh, positioning statement, considering there really hasn't been any others. 
Well, I mean, the Kyoto. other one's Kyoto, but we didn't sign on to that. So um, for the United States, this would be essentially the first time we've ever gone on into one of them, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, pretty dramatic. Um, White House says the accord establishes a long-term dur- uh, durable global framework to cut greenhouse gas emissions. And what that means essentially is nothing. Um, it's a framework. It's not anything really specific that they have to do. They will say that the U.S. Is, um, has pledged... And pledges are really important, as we're seeing with mm-hmm. Donald Trump's Republican pledge. Pledge uh, the Obama has pledged the U.S. will cut its overall emissions by 26 percent to 28 percent by 2030. And that's really important because he will be long, yep. long gone in Ple- 2030, and so he's uh, he'll hold no responsibility. Except for this. he will come out. He'll be uh, around and to criticize whoever the mm-hmm. president is at the time, right? For, if not, he's for not meeting these mm-hmm. uh, goals. So that's wonderful. Um, uh, I love this, too, because the, Kerry, this is a really interesting part of this. Kerry is saying now that the Paris Agreement was crafted specifically to avoid Congress. Um, he said the climate agreement, um, he did not contain any enforcement provisions because Congress would not have approved them. Kerry said such mechanisms were not included because Congress would have refused to greenlight the deal. Binding legal requirements would have made uh, the Paris Agreement a treaty requiring approval from two-thirds of the Senate because no climate change measure could come close to that high bar in the chamber. The Paris deal was written to avoid it. Um, which is interesting is what they basically said is the, uh, cor- uh, the agreement was written that the U.S. shall uh, reduce you know, uh, emissions by X 20, this one says 28 to 30, 26% to 28% by 2030. Um, they changed shall to should. The U.S. should Reduce. <laughs> now, come on. If it says should, we're not doing it. I didn't know they changed shall to shall should. Shall to should. That was the big change. So shall means you must do it. You're legally required. <clears throat> now, it doesn't mean that when you're talking about a border fence, it means nothing when you're talking about a border fence. But when you're talking about, because uh, shall build was the initial uh, way that that was written. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is should reduce. Now, what that means is at some point we could have either uh, hopefully not, economic collapse, that, that reduces emissions very successfully. Um, uh, and it's one of the reasons why every climate deal is, a, is built on 1990s uh, climate uh, emission levels because that was before the Soviet Union collapsed. So they can all say, oh, well, our global emissions need to come down from 1990. Well, emissions have collapsed in the Soviet Union, so it was a nice, easy, convenient head start they gave themselves for Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're talking about, well, they should do it. Now, should do something is such a meaningless mm. nonsense. Like, this is why I'm not that worked up about this. It Me means too. Me nothing. Too. Yeah, I knew this meant nothing all, all weekend long, and I think everybody else did. And, you know, when you're trying to avoid Congress, you're doing that for a reason, so that you can't make it legally binding for the United States of America that, the, that constitutionally we have to abide, abide by this agreement. So because we don't have to and they are avoiding Congress, it does. It means nothing. Yeah, I mean, it look, means absolutely zero. Now, they can do whatever they want in the next year as far as executive orders to make this happen or what have you. Whether or not those will be constitutional, who knows? But somebody's going to be around to change it anyway. Well, I mean, and hopefully it's going to be Ted Cruz. Right. But if it's Hillary Clinton, it won't change. Obviously. No, it, it'll so change for the worst. Probably. It's not to say that it's nothing because it's not nothing. They're, you know, they're, the, the baby step of the United States admitting essentially we're evil um, is, is, is essentially baked into this proposal. Yeah. Where, you know, before United States, you know, I mean, and, and this is it's but, it's laughable. Like, for example, India is the third largest climate. Right. Uh, and they made a clear cut commitment. To this. Oh, yeah, huge. Particular. Because before agreement. this agreement, India, the third largest emitter of CO2, said they were going to double 
the amount of coal they were going to use right. to fuel their country. See, so now, so they, this is so. I mean, is there a big step with India? Sure, sure. because now they are promising to double, double the amount of coal that they're using. So to fuel their country. The so exact before same. they were going to double it, but and now, now they're, they're only they're going, going to double, double it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, that I mean, right, right there is almost enough. When you say the same thing, but you put you only know. gonna in front of it, it sounds really good. Yeah, it does. They're going to double it, but now they're only going to double it. <laughs> so that sounds a lot. Better. It's much better, I think. Um, kind it of amazing. It is. Even though the father of the climate change awareness uh, called the Global Deal BS, mm-hmm. he actually used the uh, full word. Um, James Hansen, former NASA scientist, testified to Congress back in 88 about global warming. And, and before by that, way, of course, he was testifying about global cooling in the 70s mm-hmm. for the same reason. Uh, CO2 was going to cool the Earth to ice age levels. And then he decided in the 80s, no, wait, the CO2 is going to warm the Earth to frightening levels. Um, yeah, by the way, uh, we should point out, too, we did a, um, I think it was a... I want to say it might have been a monologue. I wonder if it was stupid. It might have been a statistics back in the day of James Hansen's actual predictions in 1988. Because everyone mm-hmm. says he's the father of this. And, and he, it's amazing what he did. He was the first guy out here saying this in 1988, but testimony in Congress. Yeah, but what did he say? He made all sorts of predictions about, uh, about what would happen in the future, and all of them were dramatically wrong. wrong. Everything was wrong. Everything this guy, can we get a close-up of him? Uh, let me just show you one of the main problems with uh, James Hansen. And that, if you look very closely, right here, yeah, can, we, yeah, it's, can, can you see? Can you see the? Whoa! Uh, what oh is God. happening right there? That's right a, there! That's it. that is an eyelash that is, or oh an God. eyebrow, that is totally out of control. Global warming caused that, and that's how he knows. Oh my God. So definitively, look at that! It's, it's like hanging down in his eye. Why don't you do something with that? The guy can't even trim his eyebrows, and he's supposed to be able to tell us what to do with our climate the next hundred years? No. Did he predict that sort of growth of his <laughs> eyebrows? He didn't. Uh, over the one-year period? He no. predicted it would grow the other way, mm-hmm. the same length, so he was completely wrong. Maybe we could dig that completely up. Wrong. Uh, not the eyelash thing, Andrew, but uh, uh, who's our producer. <laughs> but Maybe we could dig up the statistics on, Please, uh, yes. on uh, James Hansen's climate predictions. And it's- we need Stu's thing from the middle class. From, oh, uh, yeah. That's from a good the idea. season finale of uh, Wonderful World of Stew for we, tomorrow. We do have a, uh, a little uh, t- uh, taste of the Wonderful World of Stew uh, finale uh, coming up in this program today. Do we know? Um, a little bit of something oh, in the holiday spirit, I think. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's something I think you'll enjoy. All right. Meantime, uh, uh, James said that this, this agreement is a fraud, really, a fake. It's just BS for them to say... We have a two two degrees Celsius warming target, and then try to do a little better every five years. It's just worthless words. There is no action, just promises. This is all good news for us, by the way, mm-hmm. not not to James. As long as fossil fuels appear to be the cheapest fuels out there, they will continue to be burned. And fortunately, James, uh, you're right on that one. Yeah. And by the way, uh, if you've seen oil prices, uh, they are the cheapest. Um, I, it's unbelievable. They're, we're down at thirty five dollars a barrel now. Thirty-five. Oh my gosh! Thirty-five. It was one oh seven last June. Wow, that's not good. I mean, thirty-five. It is good at the pump, but it's not necessarily good. It's rough. It, well, you know, we, we live in Texas, economy. so yeah, we, we definitely think about that a little bit. If you're in, in mm-hmm. one of the Dakotas, um, this is really bad. Yeah. Um, because you know, one of the things these fracking will shut down for a while. Right. Um, that's going to be the problem. The the way the fracking wells work is that you you get a, a burst like it's at maximum capacity very quickly. Mm-hmm. when you're fracking and then it's it goes down fairly quickly and then they go to a new well so you could still get oil out of it but it's it 
the production levels drop within six to eight months of a particular well, typically. Um, so that going on is a, kind of a major issue because mm -hmm. what happens is they go in they, and they will, re because they were making so much money on the higher oil prices, they were able to reinvest and continue the production rises. Now they're at the point where the only way they can keep afloat is by cutting that additional uh, capital expenditure. So they're at that point where they don't have the new wells. Uh, all the rigs are coming offline. They're not replacing that old production with new production. And now the actual oil production is dropping. At some point, that catches up, right? I mean, we, we're not going to live this dream of $30 oil prices forever. Um, it would be great. Uh, can't imagine that's the, the legitimate outcome. At some point, these companies are going to start, you know, some of them are already um, having major, what a lot, what I was reading about this earlier, that one, a lot of these companies, oil prices dropped, and they said, well, this is temporary. In a year, it'll be back up to $80, $90 a barrel, so we'll just take out big loans, and we'll be able to bridge the gap until the oil prices come back up. Well, they haven't come back up. So now all of this debt is becoming... In part uh, due to Saudi Arabia yeah. and OPEC. Yep, and so now they have to the pay market. this money back, and they can't do it. Yeah. And so a lot of these companies are either going to be tough. bought up or go out of business completely. Yeah, and they're already laying people off. Mm -hmm. 888 back. More patents to it coming up. Did we mention uh, Jeffy's overweight today? Did we get to that? Not yet. We haven't no. even talked about that today. Yeah. Get, I mean, that's the biggest issue. Yeah, it's on that coming up. Yeah. It's big. It's big. Just say fat. Just say I, well, I wouldn't go that far, but yes, yes. Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Welcome to it. Um, apparently, a majority oppose assault weapons bans. Mm. Uh, and even, this is even after the historic New York Times editorial that supported it. Uh, poll released on Thursday found that a majority of Americans oppose a ban on assault weapons in the wake of uh, the front page editorial. The poll was conducted by uh, among 1,275 adults. It found 50% of Americans now oppose a nationwide ban, 44% favor. So it's 50-44, even after the front page editorial, even after the Obama administration bashes assault weapons after every single shooting, even after all the media is on board with his nonsense, and most Americans still understand, okay, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to help. I'm sort of surprised we have not seen a real push to try to get the Second Amendment basically overturned. Like, because even if you were the type of person who bought the idea that guns were wrong and you mm -hmm. needed to limit guns to limit murders, there's 300 million guns out there, probably more. Uh, I mean, every time Obama does this or the New York Times put in, there's no greater uh, commercial for guns than the New York Times running an editorial on its front page saying we shouldn't have guns. I mean, they have mm -hmm. their biggest sale days every time somebody does this. But, but it's like I'm surprised they haven't actually tried because no mm -hmm. level of l limiting future purchases would ever cut into this problem, um, even if you were of the idea that guns are the, are the enemy. You ha you'd have to get rid of the ones that are out there. There's 300 million of them. Like, you need to start saying you're going to confiscate them. You need to sell them back. You need to force buyback. You need to do the Australia thing. And even that, of course, won't do anything. I mean, 
I'm not saying that any of these things would solve any of these problems at all. We all know they mm -hmm. wouldn't. But I'm surprised they haven't been trying it more. Well, I think they all, I, I think they know that a full frontal assault on the Constitution is not the way to go. I, 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 don't th I don't know that that's true anymore. I look at Donald I don't know Trump. That they think they can the sell guy, that to anybody. To Republicans is selling a completely unconstitutional version of the country. I mean, proposal after proposal after proposal are things that are completely unconstitutional. The man never considers for a moment whether what something he says is constitutional or not. Never for a moment. Hmm. The only thing he's ever cared about with the Constitution is where Barack Obama and where now I guess soon Ted Cruz's birthplace. And even that was, you know, absurd. It's such a bizarre thing, and I, I don't know that America cares. I don't know that any. I don't think anybody cares. I think there's still too many who care about the Constitution. They care about their gun rights. They I don't know about they the care gun about rights because of the Constitution yeah. anymore. They, I, I don't know. I. They'll talk about it, but I mean, when it comes down to it, if you're voting for Donald Trump, you don't care about the Constitution. You don't. You just yeah. don't care about it. And that doesn't mean you think it should, the country should suck, or it doesn't mean that you should think that. It, well, well, I, I, you know, I care, You know, you might think you're a conservative or whatever. I don't know how exactly with this particular thing, but there's no concern to adhere to the Constitution, which is weird because my. Love for the Second Amendment has to do with the Constitution more than my love for guns. Oh, totally. I, mean, I could care. I honestly, I don't care really. I don't care at all. Really, you and about I, guns. you and I are not big gun nuts. We're we're not guys who who go out shooting all the time. Nope. We, we don't go do target practice. We don't hunt. Um, if I went hunting, I wouldn't want to kill whatever we were hunting for. I wouldn't want to. Um, I, I I own a gun, but I, I didn't own a gun for the first, you know, forty years of my life. 45. I mean, we just barely got one a few years ago. Um, so it's not that guns are a big deal to me. It's just that that right is a big deal to me. Yeah, I don't the care about The Constitution is a big deal. I'm to the me. same thing as you. Most of my life did not own a gun. Uh, I have a gun for home protection yep. uh, now. Yep. You know, I did take uh, the, the concealed carry course. I still haven't actually bothered to go out and get my actual, you know, uh, yep. permit. Yeah. For it, but I do, you know, I, I will be doing that at some point in the future. Um, point is that, you know, it's I don't, it's not what I care about. I, I, I mean, I, it's not a particular interest, but it's like, it's like, you know, it, it's still, it's an important value. I also mm -hmm. am not all that concerned with, uh, you know, whether, um, you know, soldiers are uh, quartered, are, are quartered at Pat's house, um, but. That's still an but important. The Constitution says value. don't do it. <laughs> don't so do it. I'm on. So I'm, if they board started with trying to do it, even if it I'm wasn't my house, I'd still yeah. be pretty pi fired up about it <laughs> yeah. because of that reason. It's, that's right. how our country's supposed to work. It's right. like here's your baseline of things you can and can't do, and you can work around that framework. It's pretty lenient framework, to mm -hmm. be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. um, it allows the states to do a lot of things. Um, it, it allows the states to go in and be fairly invasive if they choose uh, with the government. Um, you know, it does allow for the states to do those things. It just doesn't allow the federal government to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, because so that people have a way to kind of respond to it. Uh, instead, what we have is, is, you know, one of the two parties that is constantly pushing to go as far as possible mm -hmm. towards federal power. And the other one that is uh, limiting the increase of federal power. There is almost nobody who is out there saying uh, maybe we should decrease the amount of federal power. Maybe we should go the other way. There's Ted Cruz. There's probably Rand Paul. There's very few. That's about it. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, that's 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 frightening. It. There's really w the Trump thing has has at some level, and this is probably unfair, but at some level has ta taught me that there essentially is no opposition. There's no opposition party in the country. If 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 the, the Republicans, the Democrats bring up Hillary Clinton, and the Republicans say, "Oh yeah, well Donald Trump," there's no opposition. There's just one party. 
Um, and I've, we've always said that in a sort of esoteric way where it's like, oh, well, you know, we're pushing, we're going too far this way. It's really, with Donald Trump, I mean, he's, he was a Democrat in 2009. So, I mean, this is not, I'm not it's not like I'm stretching here. Uh, hopefully that doesn't come, um, come to be. But the problem with it is there's too big of a swath of the opposition that's not truly opposition. And that makes it so you have a country that's constantly going to move this way. It's why when you say, hey, all I want to do is increase the budget by 2% instead of 3%, you get a media that tells you it's the most evil thing you've ever heard. Because there's nobody sitting back and saying, wait a minute, I have a principled stand that says you don't increase it at all. We're already in debt. You don't increase it anymore. People don't care about that. They care about how it affects their lives. Um, and, you know, that's not, you can't run a country that way. Yeah. Not successfully. And... Uh, last week, even the Washington Post did a fact check on what Rubio said about these gun laws, mm -hmm. that none of them would have, would have worked to, to limit or, or uh, avoid any of the gun tragedies that we've experienced lately. And they found it true. It was completely true. Mm -hmm. Every single instance. Every, every single instance he talked about, was, it was true. And so there's just no way to get your hand, hand around stopping all of these and they'll say well we've got to do something you guys just you're just accepting it no but maybe you look into uh mental health issues maybe you uh look into the root problems that are causing so many shootings in chicago maybe you look into the family are there fathers in the home would that help you know maybe we help keep families together maybe you launch some sort of uh initiative to to uh help dads uh, hang on to their responsibilities and be accountable and responsible and stay in the stay in the home. I, I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do that would really uh, hit the root of the problem. It, it, taking guns away from people is not one. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree with that. Um, and I would add on that, you know, think about like um, swimming pools, for example. Swimming pools kill lots of people as well. Um, and do we accept, do we care that people are going to die in swimming pools. Of course we do. Do we accept it? I mean, I would say no. We don't accept it. I don't want it to ever happen. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not willing to say no one should have water in their swimming pool. There is a level mm -hmm. of, with a free society, that these things can happen. People will drive their cars into groups of people every once in a while. No matter how many times you, set, you paint lines on the outside of the roads for them to follow, sometimes people are going to cross those lines and crash into people on the side of the road. It's part as part of a free society where you don't manage every aspect of everyone's life. You do at some level accept some of these things. It, you know, you try to improve on it, which is why I'm happy. We've had a lower uh, a violence rate that has been low, getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower throughout this uh, this crazy uh, you know embrace of the media attention around mass shootings. And honestly, if there's one thing you could change, and it has nothing to do with the law. There's one thing, the one change you can make in this society would be to not promote these people, to mm -hmm. not to try to do the, your best, very best, to not give them any attention, and to try to, to that does not that allow. might limit it. It really might. All these guys wind up saying, well, I knew, I read about this, I was obsessed with this, you know, very often. It's not universal, but I think mm -hmm. it would help. Obviously, things like trying to stop uh, uh, terrorists and things like that, some of these are related to terrorism, which, the, you know, it's a kind of a separate thing. But when we're talking about, like, the 17-year-old the who's pissed off at his girlfriend and tries to go murder as many people as they right. can in their school, there is probably a, a, um, a, something that we could do to change that, because that's been the one thing that's changed. Our violence rate is coming down, but those things are rising, if that's mm -hmm. true. 
mm -hmm. um, which again, that's somewhat controversial as well. Um, I mean, the peak of mass shootings in this country was in the 1920s and had nothing to do with media coverage. Uh, but still, you wonder if that would be a change voluntarily by news organizations that would be a positive over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Would not stop everyone? No, absolutely not. But, right. you know, there's no constitutional, uh, you know, uh, right when it comes to, um, uh, there's no constitutional right for the government to, to smash down on media organizations. In fact, there's a constitutional right for the exact opposite, a freedom of the press. You can't do anything legislatively about this, but it'd be nice if people started to stop doing it. Some of the police departments mm -hmm. have started uh, withholding those names. Mm -hmm. Some of the media organizations have not been praising them. We tried to do that, uh, at least with some of them. That would be helpful. Yeah, I think it would. Triple eight seven two seven back More patents too coming up. Back is the phone number. Uh, you may know if you listen to this uh, uh, you know, radio show, if you're listening on Blaze Radio, or if you're watching on Blaze TV. I do a television show called The Wonderful World of Stew. It airs uh, Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We just had our season finale this past weekend. So if you are uh, a new Verizon Fios uh, subscriber joining us on Channel 112, first of all, welcome. We're very happy to have you. It's been, uh, we've been you know, trying to get this put together for a long time. We're really excited to have the people. The awesome people at Verizon, for, uh, we're happy to have them on board. Uh, the season finale of my stupid show aired on Friday. And uh, we try to get people into the Christmas spirit a little bit uh, with this particular segment. Watch. Daddy, is Santa Claus real? Christmas. Hose, hose, hose. First of all, peeping is a vague legal term. My name isn't even Tom, anyway. <laughs> Look, it's not a lie if you pay somebody else to take the fall for it. People think I moved up here to the North Pole for the slave labor. Authorities thought this was a safe distance for me to be away from the people. I have to wear this ankle bracelet and stay at the North Pole. <laughs> they only let me out of this icy hell hole one night a year. Yes. <laughs> they can lift me off the ground. 
course, I try to pick the homes with the naughty mommies. Well, delivering some things, taking some others. I got it. Because I'm overweight. What'd that say? <laughs> so there you go. I don't the know. Immortal Thickalus. Hmm. The immoral Thickalus. Oh, immoral. Mm -hmm. not, he's not immortal. No, he's not definitely not, is immor not immortal. No. He's uh, immoral. No. Uh, right. I believe <laughs> there are a lot of diseases uh, that will make him mortal. Uh, but I kind of miss him. I miss Jeffy. Oh, my gosh. It's it sucks not having him around. It really it don't honestly does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, don't tell him we said that. But it, no, it, and if you do say it, we will deny it. Um, we will act well, as it's if, a bald faced lie. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, we would never. It's we not, don't. All we don't we care. said was that he was the immoral thickless. That's mm -hmm. all we said about him. Didn't say we miss him like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Anyway, that's he, uh, his uh, little shot from his little hospital uh, uh, bed before, right before surgery. Yeah, he's had uh, shoulder surgery. He'll be back with us in the new year. However, um, if you're a Verizon uh, FiOS subscriber, and you're thinking they don't put that person on on television, do they? <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, every single day, for some reason, on this particular day. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Desperation, I guess, is the. Yeah. We also don't know how he got hired. We don't really know no what really he does knows. here. It's a mystery. It's a Christmas mystery. Triple eight seven two seven. Becky's at number tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye.